Good day, nerds, and welcome to episode 236 of the Nerd Cantina Show. I'm your host, Ken, Joe by my co host, Steve, and we're going to recap this week's nerd news. We got some things in entertainment to catch up on, on some recent movie releases, as well as the big announcements with Marvel Phase 5 and 6, some shake up over there at uh, DC Studios, and then we'll jump over into tech where we've got a bunch of NFT updates, some data privacy news, robots, and a little bit of SpaceX. A lot to get to. Let's get started. Calling back all nerds. Nerds! All right, and we are back with a weekly news segment here for episode 236. Been out for a couple weeks. Real life stuff. Take a little summer hiatus. Although, while we were taking some time off... Our book reviewer, Megan, was crushing, getting some recent book reviews out and uh, (laughs) (laughs) talking to some people. So uh, you can check out her library recently of uh, of different interviews that she's she's had with some some great authors. We're always appreciative of uh, people getting their time over here to the Nerd Cantina. She's also started her own uh, Instagram dedicated just for the... uh for the book club. So if you uh if you're interested in those book reviews, just go to Nerd Cantina Book Club on Instagram and those will be dedicated solely to all her book reviews and and uh interviews. Well, let's start getting caught up uh just picking out some of our our favorite things over the last couple of weeks, not necessarily this last week's news, but uh but a few things that have happened over really the last 3 weeks and yeah. I guess first we can start with yeah you've seen a couple movies over the last couple weeks since I talked to you yeah well, there's a there's a couple ones anything I felt, notable I felt obligated to go see um yeah. first first one I saw was that nope the was it Jordan Peele right yeah peels yeah uh so Jordan Peele came out with his new horror movie uh nope it's <laughs> it was it was pretty interesting like I I did find it like pretty original the the acting was was done pretty pretty well um it wasn't like a very intense movie you know um it it's one of those that it's like it's like worth watching but you don't need to rush to the theater to to see it (laughs) you know like yeah it 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 was it just didn't hit like as hard as some of the other movies he's done um and it it was just a little odd, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, I, and I, I commend him for trying. You know, it's an original story, and it's kind of an original take on a sci-fi thriller. You know, um, but yeah, it just it, it wasn't like I guess up to his previous movies. You yeah. Know, so if you go in, you know, what was it? Uh, you know, Get like Out. Us yeah, Get Out. Get out yeah. Us were, were like kind of like really intense. Um, this was one wasn't like as intense, like it didn't really grip you that much, but I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't horrible. It wasn't bad. Um, definitely, like I said, worth, worth a viewing, uh, but it should be coming out on some streaming service soon. So you go ahead and, and just do that, do it that way. And then the yeah. second one I went and saw was, uh, that pulled the train with Blair Pitt and I had like really low expectations for this movie, you know, and I, I really <laughs> only went because you know, Brad Pitt don't have to do anything, right? <laughs> yeah. So if, if he chooses to do a film, you, it kind of piques my curiosity on like, all right, what what made you go do this one? And honestly, it was it was pretty entertaining, man. Like I, I went in, like, again, you don't have to go to the theater to see it. You know, like it, it wasn't like a, a must see, uh, but it really did kind of just like hit all the marks of like this one-off nothing story about you know this like society of of like secret agents type like assassin people and just yeah a lot of good acting a lot of good actors in it and just (laughs) walk that line of like a serious action movie but with slapstick kind of comedy in it yeah that's the vibe I got from. I actually almost went and saw that this weekend as I was getting back from from my travels, and I just thought about maybe going out and seeing a movie. That was what I was gonna see, just because. Yeah, it, it looked like it was good enough to go see. Like it was just gonna entertain, not be not be anything too yeah, serious. If, if you're looking uh, to get like out of the, the heat notes. and sit in a theater, you know what I mean. You're just like, man, I, I saw Top Gun. You know, I've I've seen all the good ones. Like, what what do I want to go see now? It is like it is a good choice to to just like if you're if you're looking to go to the theater. Um, I, I I did laugh at some of the cameos in it. 
uh, just because I, I know like, so yeah, I don't want to give it away. It's a spoiler. Maybe, maybe we'll talk about it later, but yeah, there's, there's a couple <laughs> cameos that made me laugh because of, of other films that, that Pitt has been in and how it just kind of worked out. Like, like I, I swear there's, they were just sharing studio space and you're like, Hey, why don't you walk across the street? Come be in this movie real quick. <laughs> like, like I was, I was yeah. just in your movie. Why don't you come back? Why don't you come be hop in my movie real quick? Like, and I think Brad Pitt's one of those actors that, like, if he just picked up the phone and was like, "Hey, you want to come out for one day and do do some shooting?" People would just say, "Yeah, why not?" Like, <laughs> Brad Pitt's just the guy. He's probably got that full, you know, contact list that nobody's going to tell him no. Well, fuck it. So Brad Pitt did uh did a movie with Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum, where Channing Tatum yeah. and Sandra Bullock are like like authors and they they go in the jungle and everything. And the Brad, Lost City. Yeah, and Brad Pitt's in it for like what fifteen minutes. You know, yeah. <laughs> before, before he fucking gets murked, you know. Well, Channing Tatum and Sandra Bullock make cameos in this movie, and they're in it for literally like what would take Seconds. them a day to film. You yeah. know what I mean? So, like, you know, he was just like, "Hey, I'm filming this filming this uh train movie next week. You guys want to walk across the street and come be in this movie real quick?" And they're just like, "Yeah, sure." And like how they do Channing Tatum is actually pretty fucking funny. <laughs> you know, but it's just funny because, like, knowing I saw the other movie and then saw this movie and knowing how Hollywood works, I was like, ah, oh, these motherfuckers. Like, <laughs> like, must be nice to just have that kind of life, right? Probably not bad. Yeah, no, can't be bad. Well, we can uh, roll out of, you know, the, the movies. Let's talk about some, some entertainment news and things coming up. Really, what, you know, what we consider kind of the biggest things worth sharing a few minutes talking about. And, uh, you know, we, we missed all of... The Comic Con <laughs> talk like we've been been no, out since it's, then. It's really sad that life kicked my ass so much that I couldn't even go to C two E two this year. Yeah, like Megan went and represented the Cantina, so the Cantina did have representation there. But it's the first year I haven't gone since it started. You know, I I'm, I had to work. Like literally, it wasn't like oh, I'm just a little busy at the house and like da da da. Like like no, I was actually working. Like fucking like the whole day I'm at work, I'm mad as shit. <laughs> you know, it, but I I really I don't feel too bad because I feel like I was just there. You know, they they tried to play the C two E two didn't ever get shut down because of COVID. So like the yeah. like 2020. It, it, it was in right February. Before. Like, yeah, yeah, it was like the super spreader event for the Chicagoland area, <laughs> you know. And then they didn't, you know, COVID hit. They didn't do it next February, but they waited all the way till 2021 December, you know. So they almost went a full two years without having it, but it was because they started in the beginning of the year, the one year, and went at the end of the year, the other year, they could technically say like, nope, we had one in 2020, we had one in 2021, and I guess they're trying to get back on a new schedule this year, so they had it this year in August. So like, I almost feel like I was just there. Yeah. Anyways, you know, but I I did have the FOMO and the guilt because it did look like they they released some, some good stuff and had a couple good panels. Rosario Dawson, I guess, at one of the C2E2 panels kind of like gave away that there's going to be another Punisher series with Barenthal. Yeah, I saw saw that, which, well, we can get into, you know, a lot of what we were going to talk about was, was what was publicly supposed to be released <laughs> coming yeah. out of out of Comic-Con. And, uh, you know, we, we talked about it weeks ago, two months ago, when Marvel announced that they were going to come back to... To, to Hall H at, uh, at San Diego Comic-Con. And we knew it was going to be something big, right? The last time they did it, they 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 did the whole big panel, got everybody out there, talked about, you know, did like the slow roll of bringing out all of the different actors that were going to play, you know, Blade and Mahershali. And like everybody yep. came out. Everybody was out for that one. The, you know, the Eternals reveal of every damn actor that was in that one. Uh, we knew that they were going to then hint at what was going to be the next phase or what phase four, what we're currently in. And really they just kind of captured like phase four is coming to a close. And they talked all about phase five and a little bit about phase six. Um, you know, notable things in phase five is like, it gives us some dates for the things that we've been talking about, like, like blade knowing that that's going to actually come out in 2023 or maybe come out. Who knows? Uh, yeah. you know, but phase five starting with, uh, with the, you know, the, the new Ant-Man, uh, and then we finally get into like Secret Invasion and Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, Volume Three, which we know is going to be the last Guardian of the Galaxy. Yeah, we got and, we got uh, some hard dates and we got some generalized ones, but it 
it is good to see that there's still like a big structure behind this project, you know, a decade and a half after Iron Man one. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, the phase five slate and I think the, the Disney plus, you know, it makes it look fuller than it is. It's actually not a lot of theatrical releases. Um, what they're, you know, calling the phase five slate to, you know, the end of, of 2024. Um, you know, we got a lot of Disney plus things in there. Uh, and, and, you know, the Disney plus things have very loose tie-ins to the MCU, which I think has been kind of a, a strength for what MCU is doing right now, uh, that everything doesn't have to be high stakes. Uh, but we, we know we're going to get, you know, Echo, uh, which we assume is going to have Daredevil and stuff in, in that, uh, you know, following Echo's character and its relationship to, to Kingpin and, and the show Hawkeye. Um, we also know that Daredevil is going to be in She-Hulk based off of recent trailers. And then Daredevil gets its own series uh, in 2024. The thing, the thing that I like about that Daredevil series, though, is they said it's going to be like, like some some crazy amount of episodes, like 18, 23 episodes. Like, yeah, I thought, yeah, I thought it was a, it, it's like a traditional like network television, yeah, series, which, which of, is uh, like way episodes, different yeah. than what they've been doing at Disney Plus with the the TV shows, you know. So they must have a big story they want to tell or they they've really thought this through because I mean, they've, they've had the property for a while now and it's been up in the air what they were going to do with it. So I think they just, uh, when they came up with whatever they wanted to do, they're just like, look, we can't tell this story in 10 episodes, which is kind of mind boggling in itself. <laughs> you know, like we May- need, yeah, we need 20 something episodes to tell this daredevil story right here. And it's like, all right, I'm, I'll play along. Or maybe uh, what's, what's the name of the actor who plays? I can't, I can't remember. Oh, why are you going to do that to me? You know, I don't remember yeah. nobody's name, <laughs> but maybe that was just his condition was like, listen, I'm old, guys. Like, I've been, like, it's been a long time since Netflix Daredevil days, and like, I'm gonna get in good shape. We're gonna we're gonna tell this story. I'm gonna make some money, and we're gonna be done with it. And I'm not coming back. Well, I mean, they're the. Previous Daredevil seasons had some really like some of the best action I've seen, like and, like John Wick it, level action, right? It worked that dude, like, yeah, oh for sure. And this is saying so, like if they're gonna if he's gonna try to do it, like it legitimately, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if like his agent was like, all right, this guy's getting close to fifty <laughs> at this point in time. <laughs> we're we're gonna have to we're gonna have to really bring this in and bring it home like we're not doing one in 2024 and another one in 2027 in phase seven like this is it you know um and also with uh you know going into phase six like i couldn't believe they announced two phases you know like like we we got years of phase five you know and and for them to to be like yeah no we got we got this phase six coming up right afterwards too it's like damn like you know, the- yeah, and and I'm skeptical on you know maybe Phase Six is is going to play out the way uh, with the way they have it, but you know Phase Five ends with with a, a Thunderbolts movie, which we all knew they were building to what what was going to be Thunderbolts. Um, apparently, it's to me, I, I actually expected Thunderbolts to almost be kind of a I don't know a villainy campy Disney Plus show and not a major movie. <laughs> uh, like I, I honestly, I thought that that's where they were going to go with it. Um, so to see it as as the kind of the capstone movie for Phase Five, and then if you look at the dates, like the Thunderbolts is scheduled for end of July, you know, summer blockbuster twenty twenty four, and then Phase Six wraps up with two Avengers movies, just like you know Infinity War and Endgame wraps up with two two Avengers movies in the same year in twenty twenty five. So Phase Six is only going to have fourteen months yeah. of time frame based off of what they're they're advertising here. Uh, so that's that's going to be an interesting kind of quick turn uh, on what. You know the, well, the Captain I don't America think, New I don't World think Order Thunderbolts everything with, with that's going on with Phase Six though either because <laughs> for it, sure they have as Phase but. Six is just Fantastic Four and you know what is going to be the end cap of this what they're they're calling what the uh, multiverse saga you know so the the first couple phases were the Infinity War saga you know the about the gauntlet and Thanos you know so they're they're picking up this one with with uh the multiverse saga you know with Kang being a, a major player you know so you have the two Avengers movies coming out with the Kang dynasty and Secret Wars and they did say that from now on like anytime there's an Avengers movie it's just going to be like an end cap there's going to be no more like 
Ultron, you know, Age of Ultron yeah. kind of movie or anything like that. They're like, look, if we're going to get all these motherfucking high paid actors together, it's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be something big. So they, uh, you know, but I, I, I've, I firmly believe that phase six still has yet to be kind of like expanded on what they're going to, you know, you know, there's going to be a TV show tie in. Um, they still have some other things they could explore. I was going to say, they, there's they still no have mutants other... in here yet. You know, there's going to be some X Men shit out here. You, and there's going to be. Just gonna say. We, we know they've, they've hinted at mutants. They've hinted, like, we know there's other things that are going to build into this. Um, you know, Daredevil or uh, Deadpool's not on there. You know, you know, there's going to be a Deadpool movie. They're already, they're already talking about the script and, and, you know, the rating of it and shit like that. So this, this list, I, I guarantee, is going to be expanded by next year. Um, so I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah, I would say either way, they did a great job. This is why Marvel is still top because even though you're getting Marvel fatigue and some of the Disney Plus shows aren't doing as well as uh, as you would expect and some people aren't watching, um, in the end, they still just laid out the next three years worth of stuff and there's several billion dollar hits in there again and there's several, like people are going to go see these I things mean, like, and like it's interesting to see how it builds. about Marvel fatigue like I get it if you're tired of it that's fine you don't have to watch it you also don't have to complain you could shut the fuck up and just let people enjoy the shit that they enjoy I got all these all these fucking stories I have in books on my shelf like I I've been interested. I've been re- reading all this shit. You know what I mean? Like, so for me to get movie adaptations and TV adaptations about it, like, I don't care how many they do. I'm going to, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to enjoy it. You know, I have context for it. You know, if you're getting tired of it, don't fucking watch it. Grey's Anatomy's on. It's like 25th fucking season. <laughs> I all right? know, you bring up Grey's Anatomy a lot. Because, because I, 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 <laughs> I, I know I, you I, do. I'm forced to watch it, <laughs> you know, but it's, it's a, it's a show that jumped the shark a long fucking time ago go and yet they're still pounding out episodes i don't know how many people died at that fucking hospital and everybody just continues to work there like find a new fucking <laughs> job move you motherfuckers you know but people still showing interest they, they're still churning out gray's fucking episodes like you know nobody's got gray's fatigue <laughs> i mean in the end yes even i think like even strong fans are having legitimate marvel fatigue but again this slate just shows why it's like okay be tired but you're gonna watch all of it yeah. because when it gets to the the big events at the end that are going to be the multi-billion dollar movies and stuff like that like you're gonna want to watch them and you yep. want to know what you don't want to have to guess what the tie-ins from the previous disney plus show was or the whatever else no you're gonna watch it so just get over it catch uh, your breath 100 percent, and then get back into it all right let's uh let's let's keep moving on you talked about marvel we can just quickly <laughs> talk about a little bit of DC here uh, yeah. as we're in entertainment. And and mm. it, it is big news in the sense like here's a huge shakeup in the DC entertainment, DC entertainment philosophy uh, and everything over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, they, they canceled everything. <laughs> they're, they're shutting down. Well, and, and I mean, rightly so. Some of this stuff is just was we knew it was going to be trash from the jump. Like <laughs> cut your losses. You know, what I find crazy is like the hierarchy of it you know what i mean so you would think in a disney or in a wb discovery merge that wb would have a little bit more weight right but like discovery yeah. discovery channel just coming in talking about you know yeah we we do tiger documentaries but fuck your batmans and fuck your fuck your batgirls you know like acts and everything like i just i was shocked that that discovery was the one with the 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 big hammer in that merger. Yeah, and I think them canceling these these week shows that you know maybe they're making a little bit of money, but they they weren't doing anything great, and they weren't furthering your brand. Like at this point in time, like even if the those WB shows and all this other stuff were making you a marginal amount of money, like it's it's smart to just hit the reset button and just say, listen, like we are going to rebrand this whole thing. And instead of what we had going before, we're going to make our own DC entertainment universe. And it's going to look a whole lot like Marvel's. It's going to be coherent storytelling across multi different properties and IP. Uh, and yeah, they, they're, they're going to be announcing phases like Marvel does. Like, look, this is, right. this is our plan. This is what we got going on. You know, it's, it's, 
I mean, it is good that they're they're like, look, you know, we can make a little bit of money just churning out shit with these properties because people are going to see it, or we could try to make something quality and go for the big fucking money. Like, I really think that there are people in a room somewhere that say, you know, we have some of the most iconic fucking comic book characters ever. You ask people, name five fucking superheroes. Three of them are going to be DC off the top of your head, no matter what, man. Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman going to be on top of the list almost every fucking time. You know, and the fact that they just churn out movies that barely make a profit, that people just rip holes in, and, and you know, it's... I kind of like the fact, because these are things that you should take a little bit of pride in, right? Like, it's not a fucking money grab. Like, have some pride in what you do. Give a shit about the fans and, and make a quality fucking film. Whether Discovery could do that now will be seen, you know. <laughs> um, but there there has been some promise, you know. Like everybody, when the 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 band hammer came crashing down on WB properties, there were a lot of people going like, "Well, fuck, what's going to happen to the Peacemaker show? What's going to happen with this uh, the next Shazam movie and the and the Black Adam movie? Like these are ones that actually look good. These were ones that were quality. Like you can't just hit the hard boot reset on everything you know because we do yep. enjoy and, some of this shit and you just reset uh, uh, yeah a whole new batman franchise yep like you're you're grinding through some some Musical terrible trials Joker. to see what's going to happen with aquaman 2 and <laughs> what edits yeah. you needed to make for that when they just had ezra miller come back on his hands and knees apologizing and getting mental right. health because they they put out a three three-part plan look either you go either you're gonna say sorry and get some mental health and uh, you know mental help and we'll probably release this or you can you know not do it and fucking fix yourself and we might release it or you could just say fuck it and be a crazy motherfucker and we ain't gonna release this movie you know which which is crazy because they're willing to just eat someone said that like if they don't release the movie they can write it off as a loss and like get it on their taxes so some of this might be a little strategic yeah maybe uh, either way i think it's a the right direction i mean what they've got right now is not strong uh and coherent uh i i saw some you know speculation that the person who who was kind of the the head of the arrowverse plans and the showrunner there uh taking over and like to me that kind of makes sense because even though those shows weren't great they were also under like significant fiscal production constraints being uh, in wb but they did a decent job having like coherent storytelling and bringing in again multiple different shows spinning off shows off of it and then having them cross over and tie in to where you had to watch one show in order to to really get the full picture on the other one even though they were running 20 plus episode seasons because that's what the wb did and like that actually takes a lot of effort to make a shitty show in that in that regard yeah. well like one, an article that i i didn't share with you that just came out the other day um that i saw is that discovery sold like 75% of the CW to someone else. I can't really remember. I should have I should have shared it. I fucked up. We've been on break. <laughs> <laughs> We've been on break. My bad, y'all. But uh Discovery sold the CW like enough to where they don't have control over it anymore. You know, cuz they're, okay. they're they're wrapping up Flash this year, so there really is no like the only DC CW show that I think is there is that uh, Lois and Superman, which I do watch. Like I, I pounded <laughs> out that season. Like I am interested, you know. So I don't know what's going to happen with that if they're if they did that because they're taking the CW people and bringing them into the the film industry, you know. But yeah, that's all going away. Yeah. So the CW was purchased by Nexstar, and Nexstar is a conglomerate that owns local television. So they're trying to keep CW. Essentially, they're buying it, and it probably makes sense because Discovery's probably just cut in ties with most of CW because they're going to focus on streaming and cloud services and not not producing local content, whereas CW is still you know broadcast television and local content. So it kind of makes sense. And uh, in the end, like I don't think you need to own CW to do what the CW did, but do it on a streaming service, right? Like, I, and I think that's the direction they and they would probably rather go that way because if you still do stuff on CW, the expectation is still these 22, 23 episode long seasons and national, you know, regular broadcast well, and standards. And the CW has like a tween kind of like right. audience. So if you want to in, increase in the production value and, you know, vary the episode lengths and make the, the, 
you know, the overall just production better and not so drawn out under the constraints well, I think of broadcast with television. Peacemaker doing so it. well that they do, they want to take all any type of TV tie in, they probably want to release it on HBO Max as yep. well, which I'm all for because titties and swear words make a TV show great. <laughs> like, like you, sometimes you, sometimes all of the time <laughs> <laughs> but yeah either way i think dc's making at least smart decisions up front whether they continue to make smart decisions once they go into the production of seeing this vision through i could keep your expectations low everybody yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah like, let's not let's not get ahead of ourselves but i like the direction but let's get into uh, some tech here. We, we've got a few things. You know, me, uh, even though I was gone, I still was paying attention to my crypto oh, yeah. and NFT you, you space. Know he, I picked, yeah, you know he was. <laughs> I, I, I picked just a couple of things because <laughs> because I, these, these in my mind, were important technological developments in, uh, in the, that space that I so much love. So uh, a couple of interesting ones like... In the NFT space, there were some some changes in some adoption of the technology uh, that goes in line with why I think it's fascinating, regardless of whatever digital apes people buy, whatever else. But so Muse, uh, they released their their new album, Will of the People, and they released it in an NF- as an NFT album. And what's interesting about this, from a technological, like it's interesting that they that a, an established artist released an NFT album, like exclusively NFT album. That's that's interesting in its own right. Uh, but you know, there are there, there's other people selling music as NFTs and stuff like that. What's interesting about this is they use a service called Serenade uh, it, that that does it on the Polygon uh, blockchain. And what's somehow they were able to convince the entertainment industry and everything else or the music industry that the way that they've created these NFTs is equivalent to like pressing it into a CD uh, to where it now affects like the, the albums that they sell actually affect like the billboard chart uh, sales and it qualifies as a completely new medium for the sake of awards, for the sake of tracking and digital, whereas other like NFT sales, the way NFT music has been sold recently was just one-off sales. It wasn't tracked. It didn't qualify for Billboard top charts. It didn't do anything else. What Muse has done, what, what the service has done, is exactly found a way. What exactly is the difference, though? You know, like, that's what I, I'm not understanding is, like... Money. Yeah, Money's yeah, the difference. Okay, okay. This, this Whatever, this company, Serenade uh, and Muse, they, they were able to convince, right, Billboard and everybody else that uh, that it's... It's verifiable enough. It, it can be tracked as well as, like, CDs and stuff like that. Like, for whatever reason... They were able to convince, uh, but it's to me, it, it makes sense. It's perfectly fine. Like it's, it's kind of bridging that collectible gap between like the Apple iTunes store and just buying individual songs or whatever else, but actually like having ownership of potential collector items that you can sell later. The NFTs can be varied and the albums can be varied. Like to me, it's an interesting use of the technology. Who's buying CDs and stuff nowadays? Like it's just Taylor Swift fans. Like I think that's like the only major artist that's still selling like physicals. Well, like if I was a band and I wanted to do an NFT album, I would like, I don't know, I would only press like 10,000 copies of the album, you know, and people are going to download the album and then they're going to download the files, you know, into their player and they're going to have it forever. But then they it encourages now sell that album to somebody else, you know what I mean, at a cheap price, and let them download it. And you know, rather than doing streaming and getting a penny for every ten thousand streams, now you get ten percent of every time that album is exchanged hands. And the only you know, you don't allow your music to be streamed. You you cut off Spotify, you cut off Pandora, you cut off any of these free streaming sites. And you used to say, hey, if you're a Muse fan, buy this. Buy this NFT on OpenSea and on, on on the aftermarket. We don't care if you download the files and sell it again. That's kind of the point. But we want these files passed around as many times as we can. And then you constantly get royalties. You constantly. Like, I wonder if that would be more profitable than a Spotify with you know fifteen million plays, you know, or whatever. Like I don't know. Yeah, to me, I, I don't. I don't even think the resale market is is an important aspect of this. I don't think it's going to be significant. What I just think it is, it's just a way for artists to feel that they're kind of in control, like they used to. Whereas everybody just streams stuff, and like your album doesn't matter. Nobody listens to it necessarily in order anymore. Uh, you you don't like. It's not the same feel as like 
being a collector of, of vinyl or cassettes or CDs yeah. and you have I your remember, book that I you could show when, people off. Yeah, I remember when uh, music came with artwork. <laughs> right. And and be and having artwork and having a, a collection of CDs that you can that you could show people and you can display as a as a collector of music. The digital space kind of took that away. And I think digital NFTs, beyond the resale, what it is is it's a way for you to support like the artists and people that you have, have a unique relationship with them in having the digital art, the album art, having a copy of of those things as well as we know nfts can be linked to other things like fan club membership or discounted concert tickets or other things they can do other things with nft verification also uh but i think it's just another path for for fans like people like to be belong to things and own things uh as a as a collector and really digital music and spotify really ruined that over the last couple years yeah Uh, i think this is a way to get back to it Uh, i find it interesting and it's it's recognized by the you know the the billboard and, and music uh, industry as a whole now as a as a like trackable verifiable digital sale uh, similar to like any other medium. So I just I find that in, a, a fascinating and interesting use of of the technology. Uh, Muse only did it in small quantities. I think of this one. I think they did like less than two thousand uh, total that they offered for sale on this initial sale. They'll probably continue to sell more. Um, but that also goes into that collector's mindset is they can release one version of it to a small select group of people as pre-sale and then they can offer a, a massive sale one later and then that right the rarity of it becomes collector's editions and stuff there's there's a lot to it um but let's move on before i talk all day about <laughs> nothing but nfts uh another interesting use of nfts uh is pearson the, the major textbook company uh is looking to sell its textbooks and nfts and they have been getting roasted well i don't this. understand why because i've been actually encouraging because, this like i've like yeah, I understand. people don't understand people don't understand nfts right so they just look at this as a money grab but in my opinion i think this is actually way more beneficial for consumers than it is for the company and for the planet like think of think of the the right. how many fucking trees have to get cut down to make the fucking hundreds of millions of textbooks that go out to all these students throughout grade school High school and right. college. Like, and, and we know the game, right? So <clears throat> college textbooks, generally a, a single college textbook is sold, bought and sold like seven or eight times per per textbook before it's it's done. Uh, and the textbook companies, they only get the first sale. Then it's just the local campus bookstores that are reselling books and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And they get, all the, they get all the secondaries. So what that's done is it's created a an artificial market where the textbook companies have to charge a ridiculous amount upfront for that first sale because they have to recoup the fact that nobody's going to buy it for the next seven years and they're just going to keep reselling it. And it's also created a market where they ch- are constantly changing the additions, even though they're making very minor changes. Yep. They don't even say what they changed, but they just make you buy edition seven because that professor is going to make you buy edition seven because that professor's got a kickback somewhere because they wrote one <laughs> one little section in that book or whatever else. Um, but it's created that that market where there's a constant churn in textbooks, a constant uh, you know updating uh, and overpriced initial sales because they're recouping the fact that that book is going to get resold, resold, and they can't touch it. Yeah. Now they they well, can now absolutely you can, you can you can update it without having to to re release it. You just update the NFT. You know you, right. you 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 create that secondary market. You you cut out those campus schools, which none of these fucking campuses need that fucking money. They're charging enough for fucking goddamn tuition that they don't need that goddamn book sale money. Right. You know that, that so, college student can still resell their book. They're not going to probably get as much back as as the sales that they they maybe had before, uh, but they're still going to be resell those NFTs. Um, and the initial cost of the NFTs should come down, theoretically, right? These companies are probably not going to charge any less for these books. <laughs> Let's be serious. The market's <laughs> been set at like $180 for a college textbook, and that's what they're going to keep it at. But, uh, but in theory, yeah, it just reduces this churn and waste of these books and this Really weird incentive market that that the textbook companies have, yeah. uh, and it allows them to directly sell. Six year old shitty fucking book that's been beat up that that's uh, you know has all kinds of dicks drawn on it, really cool S's, and I love fucking Brenda's written all yeah. in it. You know, like you you get a a a brand new kind of like unused item. You know, it's it's. Uh, to me, to me, it was the natural progression. It was the natural progression of 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 uh, education text, right? And, and like I said, they didn't have to do this. 
they've already been doing digital textbooks. And you want to know what resale value you have in your digital textbooks? None. Because it was a one-time use code. Yeah. And you couldn't... So if you and chose because you just didn't like, want to... Yeah. Because you just didn't want to carry around books all the time and, and whatever else, and you chose to do the digital thing, you had no ownership to resell it or whatever else. So this is better for consumers because now you can just still get the digital books. You could still do all the digital highlighting, ownership of it or whatever else, and then sell it when you're done. And the... the Book companies didn't need to allow you to resell it. They didn't need to allow you to have an NFT ownership. They could have just kept selling one-time use codes. Yeah, but they found a little way for, if, for you to still resell it and dare them to get their cut, you know, and, and stay profitable without having to make new books. Like I, Anybody that's against this, you just really are, are, are showing your ass that you don't know shit about shit, really. Like. <laughs> so... I think it's, again, another good use of of the technology of what an NFT can be uh, outside of what everybody just understands it as. And then last little piece that I'll talk about, uh, because we're talking about how the book companies are going to get their royalties and everything else, or secondary sales. <laughs> There's been a shakeup in that concept in what NFT creators can get over the last couple of weeks, uh, because a new NFT marketplace has, has hit the market uh, called SumoSwap, and Essentially, what they, with their whole shtick was, well, you could just sell, buy and sell NFTs in our marketplace, and we have no royalties going back to creators. Because one of the things, and it like it took me a while, even when I started getting into NFTs, I, we and we've talked about it a lot here. One of the big benefits of NFTs for digital art is that you know that the artist can can always get get paid in secondaries, and it incentivizes artists, and it allows them to get rewarded for the the, the continued and increased value of their art. But those solutions on how they got repaid, those weren't on-chain. They weren't built into the smart contracts, whatever else. They, they haven't been. They, they, currently, they can't be. Uh, there's, there's probably ways in the future to do it. But it was OpenSea. It was the, the marketplaces that kicked back money to the original owner of that, uh, of that NFT or, or where, what contract minted that NFT. So now, Swap comes out and they make a, a marketplace and they just don't honor that standard, uh, and they don't allow creator royalties, and they're just letting people save ten percent by not paying the creator and just trade their NFTs and, and sell their NFTs uh, through that system. And it's caused a, a big kind of debate on ethically oh, it's, whether it's, it's correct. They're, they're, they're dicks, like one hundred percent. Whoever created this, you're a dick. You know, because uh, yeah, like absolutely, there was this whole like unwritten agreement with the nft community of like yeah no this is what we're gonna do we we like being able to support the artist constantly like we could it was it was i don't i don't think i heard anybody complain that that people that creators were perpetually making money off of their creation like i don't think anybody really ever complained yeah, about and that it depends on on where right it depends on, the, on who you're talking to in the nft space you, you talk to the the art enthusiasts, which there's very few art enthusiasts in the space. Most people are just degens, right? And they, they like the NFT speculation. They like the, the community aspect and so like that. But it, it's become originally like when I first started look, doing NFTs, it was pretty standard for like a 10% royalty to be built into OpenSea. And then it started getting to a point where 10% royalties cut too much into the flippers and into the degens that were speculating uh, that anybody who had a 10% royalty people wouldn't touch. They weren't even minting out because people were saying, oh, those royalties are set too high. Greedy, greedy developers and greedy founders, whatever else. Like we're not, we're not going to buy and flip their, their shit because it cuts into our profits. Well, because a lot of people thought any fucking picture of a goddamn monkey that was going to be, right. it was going to hit, you know, fucking 10 ETH, fucking 20 ETH. But the problem and they is didn't want to give up, you know, five, 10, 20 grand of their fucking payday. You know what I mean? Like nobody gives yeah. a shit if you're selling a $150 fucking NFT and the fucking, and the artist gets 15 bucks. It's the people with the the apes and the punks and uh, you know what I mean? That are just like 10%. That's, that's 30 G's. Like, well, sorry, you only made 270,000 on your picture <laughs> of a fucking monkey. You jag off. But that, that caused a lot of, uh, changes in kind of the philosophy on oh well sure they can get royalties but five percent is an acceptable amount and like it, it like the state you already saw like a de decrease in what was considered the expected like, no, greed, allowable greed created, in, like, creators when, when nfts hit their all-time highs you saw greed start to, to to settle into that community yeah so now i'm absolutely not surprised to see many people just jumping on the opportunity to start trading in NFTs royalty free, uh, and like, 
it is what it is. You, you can't get around it. Uh, this is something that some people in the space have been talking about for a long time about like, you need to build like the royalties, you need to build that kind of stuff on chain in the smart contract. Otherwise, like you're just, you're just leaving it up to these other services to, to honor this, this code of, of royalties. But if they ch- one day choose to stop doing it, or a new company like this comes out, there's nothing you can do about it. Uh, so it's yeah. a big debate going on right now in the NFT market. Uh, we'll see where this shakes up yeah. at, you know. All right, that's it. I'm not going to talk about NFTs anymore. That's it for the week. Well, those are the those are the big big enduring stories that I think had had big implications. Uh, but we got one crypto thing, uh, and that's just a a a note about uh, hey, pay attention. Ethereum merge, it's coming. It's you know the the final test net was was done uh, about a week and a half ago. Uh, they've now got a a targeted date. It's looking at between September 15th and 16th. It's going to happen at a certain uh, point in the blockchain, uh, and then it's going to merge over into from its current proof of work to uh, proof of stake model and we've talked in the past about you know how huge that is for just just crypto in general uh but huge in the fight against arguments against crypto right the the impact to the environment the 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 cost uh, cost and a lot of those things drop significantly uh once this happens so this is not it's not a minor event uh we're seeing some some positive trends in the pricing of of ethereum and, and cryptocurrency it's all happening around the same time as as this merge uh so we'll see if the hype uh, continues afterwards or if it just kind of it happens it really won't look very different for anybody i mean honestly <laughs> we, might look ethereum. At, we might look back on this day in 20 years from now and it might be a, a historical day where you know ethereum merge and if if the the uh utility of everything is gets adopted massively and you know there there could come a day where you are going to the grocery store and you know you're living your everyday life scanning a card or doing something and everything you're buying is on the ethereum network you know and if if that day comes like this merge is going to be a a memorable date to a lot of to, to society yeah, I mean it's it's absolutely possible. Um, you know, this is only going to further how many things get built on the Ethereum network, on the Ethereum blockchain, uh, layer twos, and everything else in order to make the scalability uh, more reliable. And then a lot of the companies and people that weren't quick to adopt Ethereum and they went to places like other chains like Tezos and stuff like that that were proof of stake because of their more environment friendly, right? Because these corporations and stuff had to had to brand themselves as environmentally friendly. Uh, now they can come to the to the, where the big dogs play, which is Ethereum, uh, and they can join uh, the, the the main network here. So it is a huge deal uh, in the world of crypto. Uh, it's been you know put off and put off for for years uh, as they were making sure because once this happens, you can't roll it back. <laughs> once they once they make this switch, there is no unmerging. Uh, so they took the time to make sure that they could do it. All the tests have have come out uh, perfect, so they're ready to go. No turning back. September fifteenth or sixteenth, somewhere in that time, depending where what time zones and stuff you're in, uh, we're we're gonna get that merge. All right, non crypto news. One interesting story, just because we talk about these things, and uh, I found this pretty pretty interesting for us to talk about because we we always highlight Chinese companies and Huawei and everything else, and uh, Huawei's under investigation for having various tech uh, installed around u.s missiles missile silos i'm wondering eh, it's just gotta be a coincidence right like i'm sure that their, their technology and 5g things whatever else getting placed around missile silos has no questionable in, uh intent there yeah i mean we are we already know how shitty this company is <laughs> like like this is this has been documented i think it's just so funny that huawei after years of of existence and you know undeniable kind of like investigations towards their tech and what it does that they're still they still just have this claim of like nah guys we're, we're just <laughs> we're just a tech company i don't see the big problem like use our tech like like they're just still playing like the dummy in all this like you know i i i just don't get it like at some point, they're going to have to rebrand, you know, like like nobody in this country is ever going to trust the name Huawei, like ever, no, I, ever. But their technology is still leading in 5G and everything else, you know, but we're starting to see other partners like uh, Canada recently, uh, they've now banned any Huawei 
5G ZTE technology and stuff like that. So we've got other, you know, nearby allies and partners uh, going in the same route. Other people are seeing the uh, the challenges to security uh, through the company. But again, their, their technology is still the top in, in 5G standards and stuff right now. Uh, so I'm sure they're going to do all right. Uh, they're just going to have to limit their technology into uh, to China and, and nations that uh, are well partnered with them. Yeah, I mean, you go ahead and fuck up somebody else's country. We ain't having it. <laughs> you go, you go ahead and, and and spy on on Germany. You know, like get all get all the German texts and all all their data. Like that's fine. We got enough bullshit we're dealing with here on TikTok. We can't get we can't like it's it's widely known how shitty of an app that is, and we just we can't get people to stop using it. We just can't. Like, <laughs> well. While we're talking about spies, uh, let's let's talk about like legal corporate spying. Uh, and the next next article is just uh, this last week. Uh, actually, the FTC has come out and stated that they're going to start making some privacy laws or privacy regulation. FTC doesn't make laws. We need Congress to actually, if we want permanent changes in laws, put on the books. Uh, but the FTC is going to make it some significant regulation to uh, to reduce the the what they say the massive scale uh, at which corporations can do data capture and uh, and reselling uh, of data. And the measures in which that they're going to do weren't specifically announced, uh, but there's just a, a pretty broad sweeping uh, notice that came out. Right? This isn't specifically uh, any details, but they gave out a, an advanced notice of proposed changes uh, and that approved uh, through the FTC. So they're looking at at rolling out whatever these proposed changes are that uh, that are going to to drastically reduce what they can do with data and under what conditions they can collect data, which is something that we've all been talking about uh, for for a very long time here on the show. Uh, it's like, I, but I don't, I don't trust this shit though because we both know we've done the stories on it that one of the the you know a major buyer of data is the fucking United States government. You have local to federal fucking you know, law enforcement agencies buying data from these companies to subvert yeah, search is- warrants and like, you and but we, so we Snowden shit. All right. Why is the government going to massively enforce this when they were doing the Edward Snowden shit for years on their own? Like they were, they're the OG data collectors, bro. <laughs> they are the OG data collectors, but they hoarded that shit. They just weren't selling it. They did. They didn't have the foresight enough to sell all our phone metadata to anybody. They just hoarded that shit and used it to fuck over citizens. And you know, like, so I just, I don't have any faith that this isn't just a show, a political show, you know, dog and pony show that, that, that they're just gonna be like, Oh guys, we care. Like you guys care. Oh, don't worry. We care too. vote here, here. We, 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 I mean, we, we put in this, this, thing that that's going to stop it like no it's it's i don't i don't buy it sure we can be skeptical about but this is why we like lena khan the ftc chair we liked her appointment right she's like 31 years old or whatever else she's fully invested and she's aggressively against like the tech companies i think she also just opened up a, a antitrust suit against meta uh like she is very much not friendly to the corporations. Now, the so, government spying and stuff like that, like that's a completely different thing. But what the FTC can control is, you know, regulation of these corporations and what they can do with data. And, you know, all I'm asking for is like the, the whole country should be under data privacy rules like California, where it has to be open disclosures. You cannot sell data without our permission. You that we have the ability as California residents to sue the companies if they if they do. Like, oh, I mean, I got I got checks from shit. tech companies in Illinois because the Illinois laws and stuff. Like, I get right. it, but let's not act like like what's more likely that she goes in there and does a bunch of shit that really helps the American people and we all get better, or like every other fucking well intended politician goes in there with great intentions, spends five to ten years doing basically nothing. And then walks out and into a job at Cambridge. Like, <laughs> like, like what is more likely, Man. bro? Like, like seriously. Like, you, she, like you've spent three weeks forming that tinfoil hat. Not, it looks, not it a looks tin, good on you. It's not a tinfoil <laughs> hat when every fucking other major politician has done it. Has come in talking a big fucking game does nothing and then walks out of fucking public service and right into a corporation that they were supposed to be fucking fighting with a fucking multi-million dollar goddamn salary. It is commonplace. 
I, I could absolutely find reasons to be a cynic. I could also just look at this legislation at the face value and just say it's a step in the right direction. Like, <laughs> like I, could, I could look at this regulation, this direction that they're going, say it's a step in the right direction. I have criticisms even about this. I think that we still miss the mark. Even when people are going towards a privacy concept, they're still doing it in stupid ways and in, in ways that I disagree with, right? All of this is like written up. Uh, it's still like the, the same rhetoric that other politicians have. It's about, you know, saving the children and stuff like that. Like one of the proposed changes uh, by Congress is to add a wing in the FTC uh, dedicated to children's and teens online privacy protection, Uh, like an entire division in the FTC that just focuses on protections for 16 and younger children on the internet. It's like, I mean, you can't, you can't even put a minor's picture Mm -hmm. on the, on the television without, without parental consent and stuff like that. Like, but you can take a 12 year old's phone data and send it all around. And you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like there are huge holes in our, in our laws. You know, I just, I don't have faith that, they're going to get filled while the government benefits from having those holes also. <laughs> well, I'm hoping for a brighter future here. Uh, <laughs> I'll play the role of the optimist uh, and just say at least, again, step in the right direction. At least Lena Khan still impresses me uh, as far as this appointment. She's she's much better than Ajit Pai uh, at well, yeah. actually giving a shit about things that yeah. we give a shit about and targeting these these corporations and limiting the powers just, they I'm have just happy over. She has normal sized coffee mugs at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking of optimists, <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> You've got the transition. Hit it. Yeah, well, uh, Elon uh, came out this week and said his Optimus humanoid <laughs> robot will eventually cost less than a car, which like. Is that is that real? Like which car? Like you have some expensive cars, <laughs> sir. Like you, you, I, yeah. you have some very expensive cars that you manufacture yourself, sir. Like, and this was just one article we put up here. Uh, you know, there there are other articles over the last couple of weeks. Just just more details coming out about this Optimus uh, robot, and we're all going to find out way more about it on September thirtieth, uh, which is apparently AI day. I don't know what the hell AI day is over at Tesla, but it's going to be AI day. And they're going to fully demonstrate and, and show uh, show off this Optimus. Um, but yeah, the most recent news releases, including this one where he talked about it being less than a car, are just they're they're highlighting more like the capabilities of what this bot is, what it can do, what it can't do. Um, and I don't know, it's still weird. Um, it's actually less impressive by like physical strength than, <laughs> than I expected. <laughs> like this thing can only extend its arms and pick up ten pounds. Like really, robot? Like you, you can't <laughs> really like you. You can't even pick up like the cat food and carry it to the kitchen for. <laughs> it? For it's like uh, that to me that that's uh, yeah that, that's a missed mark there. Uh, but especially when you got Boston this, Dynamics dog robots like carrying entire tool cases and shit. This is why I say like the human form is not. I, I don't know why we bother with robots that look like humans. The human form is not well designed to do any physical tasks, like other than the opposable thumbs. Like do a do a it's it's all for adoption thing with opposable thumbs. It's all for adoption purposes because like we as humans we get freaked out by anything that isn't in human form. I know, like, like we just we're hardwired that way. I think it's like caveman instincts. Like when you see when you see something that looks like you but it isn't, it's like burn it. but yeah i mean ultimately this this bot we're gonna we're gonna get more from it but again there's more there are some uh some recent releases that just talk about you know how many it's got a bunch of cameras in the head of this thing uh you know some strong neural networks and ai within it uh it it has pretty fluid movement capability again it, it can only carry 10 pounds in its arms but it can carry 45 pounds like on its back as far as like total carrying capacity uh and stuff like that and then it's it's a it's an unintimidating five foot eight uh <laughs> as far as the, the, you know what is it like five nine is the average male size yeah. like it's what it's, it's, I was gonna say yeah well average average means there's there's half of the population that are looking up to this robot yeah you know like that's, that's true <laughs> um, like we we may not be intimidated by this robot but i know i know a couple dudes that are gonna be like fuck this thing <laughs> but uh it, it's 
this article talking about the price of it, like what this says to me is on September 30th, we're going to find out that this thing costs more than a car right now. <laughs> you know, more than some significantly cars. Yeah. More than, more some than a cars. car. Uh, but Elon, you know, in his press releases and talking about this stuff, he, he he's saying that, you know, it, it's, what did he say? I think he said in by 2030 or somewhere in, in the 2030s, uh, you know, he expects people's children to be buying these robots for their parents uh, because it has the capability to mow the lawn. It has the capability to do daily tasks as well as its future capabilities will be to cook and clean and like truly be like the iRobot servant of the house. Uh, so he's saying that like, this is something you'll do for your elderly. You'll buy one of these things. Uh, it's a cheaper alter- alternative. Well, there's a 42-year-old man who has never bought a new car. <laughs> Like, like I, I will be buying the the used version. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna have to to get the the uh you know the twenty the, in 2040 I'll be buying the 2032 Optimus model. You know, <laughs> <laughs> couple couple dings on the elbows. You know, a couple scratches on, on the knees. You know, but if it still mows my lawn, hey, and you got it for a good price. <laughs> You know, that, that's, yeah, that's, I, I, you know, I just, <clears throat> affordable is a relative term, right? Like. It, it is. Like, it's so, so <laughs> I'm assuming a lot of people listening to this show, uh, this story might not apply to you because <laughs> I, I really don't think it applies to me. All right. Well, last story here. Uh, we've got, this is what we're calling space news. We didn't dig deep into to the space archives here over the last couple of weeks. Uh, but we did uh, have have one quick article about Starlink uh, getting hacked and hacked in, a, in an interesting way uh, with, with some, some physical uh, <laughs> hacking into the satellite dish. Yeah, whenever you think, hear about hacking, you don't think of hardware. You always think of software hacks. You, you think of password breaches and, and backdoors and software and stuff. You really don't think about a motherfucking dude taking apart a satellite and inserting some emulator chip that you know same chip that gets you 5000 video games pirated like this dude put on a goddamn <laughs> on a goddamn satellite dish and was able to hack the entire fucking SpaceX network yeah but at least it was a you know a version of a of a of a white hat hacker he he did it fully wrote up uh his findings and how he did it how he found the exploit uh what he was able to to gain access to uh and then turn that over to to spacex and we don't have a, a specific figure here but it has been said that uh that elon and spacex rewarded this individual uh paid him out something uh and then gave him uh, a, a special title yeah they have a whole program they said like hack our shit send it to this fucking email and this website you know we'll we'll look at your hack and if it's a, a good hack we'll we'll pay you for it 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 even said that apple has the same program and uh some dude hacked a Mac and they paid him a hundred G's, you know? So like, don't hack my shit, hack somebody else's shit and get paid for it. Like, don't, like you ain't got to steal to get paid as a hacker. Y'all like you could, <laughs> you could be the good guy. Like, <laughs> but I encourage you to be the good guy. And, and uh, okay. Like we said, we didn't have much space news and this isn't on the article, but I, I did find it hilarious is that, you know, we've been talking about the James Webb telescope and, and some of you might have seen this in the Cantina group, but some, some dude said that they took a, an image from the James Webb's telescope of like a, a red star or something. And it turned out to just be a doctored piece of pepperoni <laughs> like this dude this dude took a piece of pepperoni zoomed in on it with his fucking iphone made it you know made the black circle outline you know of like this is what you're looking at like and, and you know honest to god like i ain't gonna lie if if nasa would have put it out on some official twitter i'd have believed that shit <laughs> i'd have looked at that pepperoni in awe <laughs> Well, I'm 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 looking at it uh, the at it now because you mentioned it earlier and I didn't didn't go and it's now that I know it's a pepperoni. Now that you know it's a pepperoni. I look at it and it's like, of course, it's a fucking pepperoni. <laughs> you know what I mean? like, yeah, but but, but in the middle, looks like but a in the middle of the week when James Webb was releasing all those photos and everything, like you mean to tell me they couldn't have slid that in and been like, look at this one? And you'd have been like, oh, that's interesting, and then well, went I to mean, the. <laughs> The shit got retweeted seventeen hundred times. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
there is 1,700 people that believed it was an amazing galaxy or star that it just found. <laughs> you know, like I, that is that is next level space troll. Like I, I I gotta I gotta appreciate that. Like I can't I can't be mad at that one. No, no, yeah, that, that that's good. That's good work. It's good Twitter work there. Like uh, it would have <laughs> made my day if fucking Neil would have shared it or retweeted it from the OG. Like it would have made my fucking day. Yeah. Well, that's it. That's weekend We're news. Back. We're back for a couple of weeks. Yeah. For, for now. For, for now. Because life is let's kicking see, me in the see, dick, Let's man. see where things go. Life is um, kicking me in the dick. But we will be doing our, our weekly shows releasing on Wednesdays. Uh, go ahead and continue to join uh, us here uh, to get some news takes and then uh you know listen in on uh, on some of these book review uh podcasts that, that meg has been putting out uh she's been crushing it with some some great authors uh and really whether you've read a book or not it's not about reading the book beforehand uh these reviews are always spoiler free uh good insight into to what the author's kind of processes their background what their idea of the stories were uh and maybe you get an idea of what book you want to pick up next uh so so go ahead and tune into those and join the nerd cantina yeah, it's good to be back. Hope everybody enjoys it, and uh, we'll see you next week. All right. Talk to you later, nerds. See you.